It was sometime between 605 and 597 BC, during one of the darkest periods in the history of God's chosen people, and they have had many dark periods in their long history, but this was one of the worst. At the time, the internal problem was idolatry. Many people of the nation of Judah were worshiping idols. Whereas the external threat to the kingdom was Babylon and her extremely powerful army. In the midst of this terrible situation, the prophet Habakkuk cried out to God. He's one of the lesser known prophets of scripture, but he was a prophet nonetheless. And he cried out in the words that we heard today in our first reading. How long, O Lord? How many of us have said a prayer like this at one time or another in our lives? How long, O Lord? I cry for help, but you do not listen. I cry out to you violence, but you do not intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look at misery? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and clamorous discord. The Lord then answered Habakkuk with these important lines of scripture, which were also part of our first reading today. The Lord said, write down the vision clearly upon the tablets so that one can read it readily. For the vision still has its time, presses on to fulfillment and will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come, it will not be late. The rash one has no integrity, but the just one, because of his faith, shall live. For the vision still has its time. God was saying to Habakkuk and to the faithful people of Judah, the people who were not into the idolatry and everything else, he was saying to them, my people, I promise you, my plan will be fulfilled. My plan for you and for this nation. Now, it may not happen instantaneously or as quickly as you would like it to or even in the way you would like it to. But make sure you don't give up. Continue to live by faith. Even if the fulfillment of this prophecy is delayed for a long time. Now, those were very important words for the people of Judah to hear and to take to heart. Because if you know your history, you know things got a lot worse for them before they got any better. I mentioned at the beginning of my homily that this prophecy was given sometime between 605 and 597 B.C. 597 B.C. is an important date in the history of the Hebrew people. That's when the Babylonians did come in with their big army. They came into Jerusalem, they invaded it, captured the king, took him away to Babylon. Ten years later they came back. This time they destroyed the city, they burned the temple, the most sacred place for the Hebrews. They burned it to the ground and they took most of the people who were there back with them to Babylon, where they would remain in exile until 537 B.C. 
This means that the prophecy of Habakkuk was not fulfilled for roughly 70 years. And I'm sure that many of the Lord's chosen people wondered during those seven decades, is it ever going to be fulfilled? They were hoping and they were praying and they were hoping and they were praying. But for a long time, nothing seemed to be happening. Can you relate? <laughs> I think we all can. Now, was that because God was taking a nap? <laughs> was that because God was slow in responding? Not at all. It took almost 70 years because human beings like us are slow to respond to God's grace. The grace that he pours out upon us and upon the world whenever we pray and intercede. The vision still has its time. That's a very important message for all of us to take to heart and to hear, really hear today. And we need to apply it certainly to our own individual lives and also to the world in which we live. Most of us, for example, pray for peace, especially nowadays in the midst of war. We pray for justice. We pray for conversions, especially of people within our own families. Many of us actively, vocally oppose immorality in our culture. Some of us here devote our time and our talents and our resources to promote a greater respect for human life in our society. And yet, in spite of all that, in spite of all those prayers and all those efforts, the positive changes do not come instantaneously, do they? And that can be very discouraging for all of us. But the Lord is still at work. The vision still has its time. That is God's message to us today. And so we need to keep praying. We need to pray perseveringly. We need to work for peace and justice tirelessly, perseveringly, knowing that if we do those things, God will keep pouring out His grace upon the world, His saving grace. And if that grace is continually poured out, eventually some people will respond in a positive way. That's the Lord's promise. Let me give you this morning one very timely example the example illustrates what I'm talking about here and why this kind of perseverance and prayer and perseverance in good works is so necessary. On October the 13th, 1917, exactly 90 years ago, this coming Saturday, the miracle of the sun occurred in Fatima, in Portugal, in conjunction with Our Lady's apparitions there that had been taking place since May of that year. Incidentally, we will commemorate that event here in our church with some events next Friday. We're doing it Friday instead of Saturday because on Friday we'll be able to involve the children from our school. Happily, they would tell you they don't go to school on Saturday, so we need to have it the day before. The miracle of the sun, which was witnessed by tens of thousands of people. It was predicted by Mary. There were journalists there. 
If it had happened today, there were people from CNN and Fox News would have been there covering it. But there were journalists there, some of whom were atheists, non-believers. Many of them were converted on the spot because it happened exactly when Blessed Mother said it would happen. The sun began to spin. It, it, people will tell you who saw it. it. seemed like it was coming, hurling itself toward the earth. Then it receded back into the heavens. It had been pouring rain. They were in mud when the miracle began. When it was over, everything was dry. Everybody's clothes, the land, everything. That miracle was sent by God to verify the messages that Mary had given to the three visionaries, the three children, Francisco, Jacinta, and Lucia, starting as I said earlier, on May the 13th of that year. This, of course, happened toward the end of the First World War. That's important because Mary told the children to, and here I quote, pray the rosary every day in order to obtain peace for the world and the end of the war. I wonder how many Catholics are doing that now for the end of this war. A lot of people complain about it, don't they? I wonder how many are praying the rosary for the end of the war. That's what Mary would tell us to do. And then our Blessed Mother gave a very famous warning about Russia, which is extremely interesting because, if you know your history, you know at the time, Russia was not the world power that it was for most of the rest of the 20th century. In fact, the Bolsheviks were just coming to power the very month when the last apparition at Fatima took place, in October of 1917. How did Mary know what was going to happen? Well, God told her that's how she knew. Mary said that Russia needed to be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart and she said that prayers needed to be offered for the nation, especially in the form of the first Saturday devotion, so that it would be converted. And here are her words. These are the words of the Blessed Mother as Lucia later wrote them down. Mary said, if my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred, and the Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. Well, we all know what happened, right? Russia was not converted. Soviet Communism was exported to a number of other nations by force. And the world, as many of us remember, lived under the threat of nuclear war for decades. I remember growing up with that fear. It was all over the place. But then, amazingly, in 1989, the Berlin Wall came down. Just was torn down. And Eastern Bloc communism, as we knew it, almost immediately disintegrated. Now again, I grew up in the 1960s. Some of you did, I know as well. If you had told me back then 
that the powerful Soviet Union would break up and that communism in Eastern Europe would come to an end in a relatively peaceful manner and without a major military conflict of some kind. I'll tell you, I would have said to you, that's a very nice thought, but quite frankly, I think you're nuts. Do you know how powerful the Soviet Union is? Have you seen pictures of its army? Do you know its nuclear arsenal? You've got to be crazy. A lot of other people would have said the same thing. In my humble opinion, and I know in the opinion of many other people, this peaceful collapse of the Soviet Union was not primarily the result of politics and diplomacy. Although politics and diplomacy were involved, to be sure. Rather, the primary cause of the collapse of the Soviet Union was spiritual. I'm convinced of that. It was the combined spiritual effect of all those millions of rosaries and communions and prayers that had been offered for the conversion of Russia since the apparitions of Fatima in 1917. All of that coupled with the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary by Pope John Paul II was at the heart of this miracle. I don't think a lot of people realize what an incredible miracle it was, a peaceful miracle in our own age. And many of us saw it. And speaking of the Holy Father, I definitely don't think it was a coincidence that he was one of the primary human instruments that God used to bring all this about, even in the diplomatic arena. As a Catholic man, I think we all know, Karol Wojtyla was deeply devoted to the Blessed Mother. And as Pope, he was consecrated to her in a special way. Lest we forget his papal motto, totus tuus, totally yours, referred to Mary. I am totally yours, Mary. I am totally consecrated to Christ through you. The vision still had its time. In 1917, our Blessed Mother set forth the vision, the vision of a world without Russia's atheistic system of government. I'm sure that a lot of believers doubted if that vision would ever become a reality, especially the people in Poland, Czechoslovakia, Hungary, who lived behind the Iron Curtain. Like Habakkuk, they no doubt said, Oh Lord, how long is this ever going to end? But the vision still had its time. Because of the prayers of so many, grace continued to be poured out from the throne of God until enough hearts were softened, Gorbachev's and others, so that positive changes began to take place. In the words of the Lord to Habakkuk, the vision pressed on to its fulfillment and did not disappoint. The visions of today also press on to their fulfillment, which is why, my brothers and sisters, we should never, ever, ever stop praying for God's will to be done. Nor should we ever, 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 ever doubt God's ability to do the impossible.